Welcome one and all, this is the OUG Talks podcast with your host, me, David. I don't know why I do it, I've got nothing better to do I guess, but no one else could be bothered to join us this week, it's just me on my own. Um, This is episode 3, and this week I managed to talk to an author who's released her first book, and I think the interview is about 40 minutes long, something like that. It's not really an interview, it's more of a chat, which I quite enjoy, because it's, you're not, you know, you're not just asking the same questions over and over again, but, anyway, episode three, OUG Talks, and, yeah, I guess I don't need to say anything else, just listen to the interview. Thank you. Goodbye. Up next on the show, we got a treat for you. And we're back with another chat on the One Up Gaming podcast. This time, it's an author. So first of all, it's just me, David, as always. None of the team members could be bothered to get up. But first of all, if you just want to introduce yourself and just say what you do, please. Right, I'm AJ King, and I've just written my first novel, which is uh, from the Power of Academy trilogy, and the first part is called The Gatherers. Yeah, and I mean... Basically, I've looked at the the cover of the the book, and it looks like there's magic and it's got Roman numerals on it. I think. Yeah, there's time travel and magic and uh, secret powers. So I mean, as the I guess it's the the sort of I don't know what you call it, but. On this, on the website, it basically says the story of five teenagers, their powers, their quests, and their lives. I mean, whenever I think of a story of five, I think of the old novels, the famous five. Back when I was a kid, they were the books when I sort of read. You know, so... Yes. <laughs> yeah, they... they, they... The characters are a lot different to that. They are, um, they're all totally unknown to each other. They get the powers given to them when they're babies, newborn babies in the maternity ward of a hospital. When a guy just appears randomly, casts out stars from his hands, the stars fall upon them and they get powers then. And we don't see them again. That's right at the start of the story. We don't see them again for 13 years when they... He invites them all around, says he, they've won a competition, introduces himself and tells them he's the one that's given them the powers. So, and they're all from all different walks of life, so they're not very famous five but they sort of come together as a group. <laughs> yeah, and I, mean, I think the famous five, it, it had four and a dog, so I guess that would have been a bit different. <laughs> so, the novel itself... No, gin- no ginger beer either in this. <laughs> So, like this novel that you've you've got here, I can see that it says now available on Amazon. So I guess it's yes. Is it available as a like a paperback and on the Kindle? Yes, that's right. So how difficult is it to actually get published nowadays? Well, I've gone through um, Creator Space and uh, done the self-publishing route, so. I sort of decided it was easier and quicker to do that way. I mean, about 
five years ago, I was going to... I got about 12 chapters into writing my own book. And I looked into doing the self-publishing, where I guess it's you email them the files, and they print to the number of how many you want, and then you pay in bulk, say like 10, 20, 50 copies... Is it still similar to that now, or is it a bit different? No, it's a bit, bit different now because basically they you, you format the book and everything for them. With the you get the cover design done and all the illustrations inside, send it to them, and then they will just print off as as orders come in. They print these. They you can order them via Amazon, and then they print them off as the orders come in. So it is much easier now than. You 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 haven't got to order bulk by thirty forty or whatever anymore, so it does make things much easier and much cheaper, really. So, so I guess doing it that way, does the company take a small percentage of each book sold? Yes. But I guess yes. I guess it it works out easier doing it that way than it's you just give them the the book and then they do everything else. Yes. So yeah. So. You say this is like the first book of a trilogy? Yes. Have you already wrote the other books or are they still to be written? I'm in the process of writing book two and I'm researching book three. So, and I'm marketing book one. So, uh, so I know what happens in the other, the other two books, but uh, at the moment just writing book two. So, would you sort of say this is for the teen sort of market, or...? Well, I aimed it because the um, the, the five are teenagers. They, in the first book, they are 13 and 14, nearly 15 at the end of it, and they grow older, obviously, through the other, other books, taking them up to about 18. So I sort of thought, yeah, it'd be for the teen market. But what I found is a lot of adults have been reading it, and they've been really enjoying it, so... Maybe, maybe it's for those who are young at heart as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so you've got all your like, the book cover done and all your illustrations. Was it with this another company you went with, or to do all that? No, I found uh, there was a, a chap in work who had um, designed. Um, he done the illustrations for a, a game, and. Um, I asked him, would he do the the book cover for me? And we just basically communicated with descriptions via emails. And then when he actually sent me the cover and all the, the pictures of the kids just from my descriptions, and they were exactly as I imagined them, it was it was wonderful. So, so was, was that like mate rates that he did that? Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, because like, we're in the process of getting an a music CD ready for release and we're looking for someone to design the album cover and it's quite expensive when you try to yes. get people to do stuff for you <laughs> mm. but but yeah I can sort of I will say that the book cover itself it does but it does what you want it jumps off the page you know it jumps out to it really does make you curious about what is the book Right. Yeah, I, I was really, really pleased with the cover, yeah. And 
so you say it's available on Amazon and there's a Kindle as well. I mean, what sort of prices are we looking at for this? Um, it's about two pound, I think, for the Kindle, and it's seven parts between seven and eight pound for the uh, paperback. Right, because. I mean, there's a, there, there is a synopsis on your website, which is thepowerinvestedinme.com. Oh, no, the, is it that? I can't even read. Yeah, the, yeah, the power vested in me, yes. The power vested in me.com, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think that was my other problem when I was trying to write stuff. I think I'm a little bit, well, I say a little bit, but I think I'm dyslexic. So as I'm writing stuff, I go to read it back, but I've missed whole sentences out that I thought I've already written but I hadn't and it just didn't make any sense so I had to proper go through bit by bit as I was writing which it took absolutely ages to do but and I think on Kindle you can get like is it the first chapter as a a preview or something or yeah I think it's the introduction yes you can see that as a, as a so, preview on the web on my, on my website um what we've, what I find is a lot of people say at the end of it, who is Starkey, who is the, the guy who gives them the powers. So what I've said is on the website, if people email me and ask me questions or uh, make comments regarding the book and I put them on the website, they'll get a free who is Starkey t-shirt. So that's something that's on the website. That's not bad. I, mean, I, I know for a fact how much t-shirts cost, yeah. They're not cheap to make. So basically, you just want people yeah. to go on the website yeah, and, and then they Yeah, can, the first 10 comments it is, yeah. That's not bad. So people get out there, get onto the, the website and leave some comments on and you might get a free t-shirt. So do you have a, a time scale when you're thinking of releasing the other books in the series or...? I'm hoping to see if I can, by the end of the year, get book two finished and then um, probably then maybe sometime at the end of next year for book three, but uh, I'm hoping the end of this year, possibly beginning of next, see how, how time sales go. Because I think that's the problem that the author of the Fire and Ice series has had. You know, like all his books have been caught up by the TV series and now people are panicking that he can't write fast enough to get the next sort of book yeah. done. <laughs> so do you have any ambitions to try to get this book series into like a TV series or a movie series? I, somebody, I think somebody said that on one of the um, reviews on Amazon that it would be a good uh, either, either film or TV series, but uh, just... See what happens, isn't there? See what uh, I would... so yeah, yeah, open, I think open I... for offers. <laughs> yeah, because I used to be a photographer. I think visually, so I can when I read it, I can always visualize it as a as a film. So uh, there we are. And if you think visually, have you ever thought about who might be the stars in this movie? Um, I think Roddy McDowell could do could do Starkey very well. Although he's well, he could have in his younger day anyway, perhaps. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a like a contact on your sort of like website page. And yes. So on there, people can send you sort of like messages or emails, things like that. Um, yes. Are you looking for anything in particular or just comments and questions, things like that? Yes, yeah. But whatever, um, there'd be comments on the website, you know, whatever people people think. I've, I've done a little video that I'm hoping to put on the website. It's only a few seconds on, sort of an intro for the book. So uh, hopefully get that done this weekend. So on the actual website again, it says about the author and it doesn't really say much about yourself. I mean, no, that... I was, I was, I was trying, trying to be mysterious, but apparently people don't like you to be mysterious. They like you to go on and say things, so I'll probably stick something on about me. So I think that's the the thing. It's it's seems like with text messages, you can't get sarcasm in a text message. So you know, it's it's one of those things where if you're doing a page about something, I think people expect it to actually feature what they expect it to be. You know, right. people don't like to be disappointed. <laughs> but so the the website itself, I mean, did you do that yourself, or did you actually hire a, another like people to to make the site for you? No, I, I did it. My my daughter did a lot of it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I sort of designed it. I, I wanted it to be with the riddles on there because there's riddles in the in the book, when they go on the quests, they have to solve riddles to get through the quests. So I stuck a page of riddles on, which people seem to like that page. So, I mean, I'll just have a... I do like the way that the the riddles sort of like pop in as you sort of like go over them sort of thing. But... Oh, the answers are upside down. Right, just noticed that. <laughs> so, do you have any other books, stories that you have got mulling around, or is it just get this trilogy finished and then see what happens? Yes, that's it. That's exactly right, yeah. Right. Because I know that some people, when they're writing start writing the story that they're doing and then they sort of think oh I like the idea of that I'll keep that for somewhere else I mean do you have like a little book full of little notes and things or yes <laughs> I do yeah <laughs> yeah that's what I used to do and then someone destroyed my PC and it all went away so but I don't know about yourself I'm one of these people that I'll start doing that, and then I'll sort of think, oh, this other thing looks quite interesting. I'll see about doing this. And then as I'm in the middle of doing that, then I think, oh, I've had a great idea for a cartoon series. I'll write the script for that. And then I start doing that, and then I move on to... And then it by the end of it, you've, you've got nothing done. You maybe should have just blinkers on and just gone straight into doing something. That, that's when I was with book one. I was jumping around to other things, and in the end, I had to focus and say, right, get it finished. So, roughly how many 
words is the first book? Oh, I know it's about 300 pages, but I oh, can't remember how many words. Because my story I was writing, as I said, I got about halfway through the first draft. I think I did about 25,000 words. I don't know how many pages that would have been, or, but I thought 25,000 is quite a lot, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm not really a reader because, as I say, with, I have problems focusing on the words on the page. And the only two books I've r read outside, outside of school were the two autobiography books from Chris Miles. They're the only two books I've read since I left school, which is not very good claim to fame, to be honest, but... Do you read often? I do. Yes, I do, yeah. I've got a load of books on the Kindle, and I uh, read as much as I can, so... I used to read a lot of autobiographies before, but now I read more novels and uh, some history books. Yeah, because, I mean, on my shelf behind me, I've got, is it The Martian? I've got that. Um, I've got the Metro 2033 books. And then I've got a couple of other bits and bobs, but I, I don't have enough time in the day to do stuff. Because, I mean, like, just as we're talking, I can click on this and we did a, a 60 hour live webcast and I'm putting up the videos on YouTube and one 10 hour clip is taking I think it was like 500 and some minutes to upload which that just takes up the entire day And I tell you what, after you stay awake for about 50 hours, you have no idea what the hell you're doing anymore. I mean, I thought I held together quite well, but watching the last hour or so, I'm just walking around in the room muttering to myself, and I can't even remember doing that. But, yeah, that, that's another thing, don't, don't do that, yeah. <laughs> so did it go well what did you enjoy it's I mean the problem is I'm from North Yorkshire and the rest of the team are down in London but now I live up in Glasgow so I'm even further away and it was the first time in two years I'd met first to first with the rest of the team so that was good to actually sit and talk with them for you know for a couple of days but I mean, we thought we had comfy chairs, but if you sit in a chair, not really moving for 30 hours at a time, it is absolute agony. You know, it's, I can't Imagine. tell you how bad it, the pain was, but other than that, it wasn't too bad. Apart from, because basically where we were, it was Sega's old headquarters, it's been knocked down now. But they let us go into a, one of their meeting rooms and stream it live there. And the problem was, they finished at five, so they locked us in at five. Then we had the whole weekend alone. 
So that was good of him to trust us. We could have walked out with all the PCs. But we sort of sat there all on our own. And then I had to tidy up on the Monday morning before I got my plane back. But so there was no beds or nothing. We had to just sleep on the floor. And so you couldn't get a good night's sleep. And But I guess by the end of it, I just collapsed and died. But, and I mean, the other problem I have is I actually work night shift. So I finished night shift at 9 o'clock in the morning, no, 7 in the morning. Came home, picked up all my bits and bobs, went back into Glasgow Centre, got, got to the airport for 9 o'clock. Got into London for 12 Got to the place, set up, started doing the stream live. 50 hours later, or 55 hours later, ended the stream, had three hours sleep. Got sort of like packed up and done. Left for the plane, got back into Glasgow for three o'clock in the afternoon on the Monday. And then I basically slept from three o'clock right the way through to the next day. And then I'd work again the next day. But I, I don't think I proper recovered for at least a good four or five days. I mean, like, I remember when I was about 10, 15 years ago, I remember being able to stay up late, like, every night. Whereas now, it gets to 10 o'clock and it's like, oh, I need to go to bed now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, so... Do you actually have a set routine when you want to come and do a bit of writing or is it just when it hits you? I try to, uh, it used to be when it hits me, but I've tried to sort of discipline myself. Sometimes I get up Saturday and Sunday, four o'clock in the morning and just sit there on the computer and then by about lunchtime I'm absolutely shattered and ready for sleep. But uh, I find the house is quiet then and I like, play a bit of music on YouTube and write as I do that. Because, I mean, when I f started writing my novel, it, I basically, it was at a time when I got made redundant. So I'd, I'm always one of these people that, even if I've got nothing to do, I like to get up 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, even though I've got nothing else to do. It just makes me feel as though if I'm in bed, I'm just wasting time. But... Mm. I'd get up at, say, 8 o'clock in the morning, have some breakfast, and then every day, 9 till 12, I'll just write. And I actually did about 13 and a half chapters or something like that before I got a job. And then after I got the job, it interfered with all my planning, and I just never got back around to doing it. And then when I decided to do it again a couple of years later... I'd forgotten all the characters' names and places and bits and bobs, and I'd, I couldn't be bothered to read it, so I thought, well, if I can't be bothered to read it, no one else will be. So I just gave up on it. <laughs> so. so... Just thinking. Um... Yeah, I'm doing a book signing in the Swansea Con Con back in May. So, a bit of a shout-out to the Swansea Comic-Con. I tell you what, 
whenever you see the name Comic Con, I always think of either New York or there's one down in London now. But I guess they'll be springing up a bit all over the place now because from what I can gather, the name Comic Con can't be copyrighted. So although they're all called Comic Con, they might not be the original people who created that show, which I thought was quite funny. But, mm, yeah, that's... And I mean, my local bookshop in Thirsk, all the way up in North Yorkshire, they, they allow you to, you know, if you're a local, they allow you to go in and do book signings and things like that. So, I mean, would you be going to any of your local bookshops or anything like that? Um, I asked Waterstones. They said they don't allow indie publishers to to do that type of thing. Um, we haven't got that many small bookshops in, in Swansea. I know there, there's a few down by the sea that may be the approach. So, so it goes... Yeah, it's a, it's a bit disappointing that, really. You think that if you're local to the star, they'd be happy to actually embrace local talent. But mm. I guess it's all corporate now. Yes. <laughs> so, after you've got these books finished and done, will you be going trying to do the so-called proper publishing route or do you think that this is a really good way to do things with self-publishing? I, I think, I'm quite surprised though, what a good idea and what a good way of doing it, it is because you have so much control over what's actually going out there, what you're actually doing with everything. I think the marketing is the, is the problem. Um, obviously, if you've got a pub, big publisher behind you, you've got more um, marketing power there. But as a self-publisher, you've got to get out there and do it yourself. So I think that's the the main drawback. But uh, otherwise, I think it's quite with with the uh, the internet now. I think it's a pretty good way. E-books, I think, is a good way to do it. So I mean, you mentioned the the marketing sort of things because I, I do. I mean, some of the stuff that I've done, like trying to get a comic, se- not comic, cartoon series created and things like that. We got some proper voice artists involved, ready to go. And I mean, some of them wanted, I think it was like $7,000 per episode. And each episode was only like 10 minutes long. And which I was just like, oh my God. God, I will. But what really killed that was the the animation team that we were talking to. I think they wanted sixty thousand dollars to do sixty minutes of animation, and it's like seriously, like how much do you think people actually have? Because I was mm. gobsmacked at how much that was. And they say that Disney spend $60,000 per second on animation. Which, 
I mean, they might be quite good, but is it worth that kind of money? Because uh, I know kids used to, when I was a kid, there used to be a, a programme on where kids used to make their own little animated videos, and that was yonks ago when, you know, when people just had cine cameras, so, yeah, how... How difficult is it to do now with all the technology? I, would, I know you probably know much about that than me. I would say that it's a lot easier to do now than it was, because back then it'd be all hand-drawn animation, and you have to have 24 frames for each second. Mm. Of, whereas now, with it all being computerised, you can actually have the basic image on screen, and you can tweak every single thing at a click of a button. So you're not having to redraw every single thing each time. So I mean, to me, it sounds a lot easier to do now than it did. But I guess it's a specialist field, and with that, you have to pay that specialist sort of price, which is annoying. But yeah, so I was looking into audio books, and it, it uh, you know, you kind of think. How long does it take to record an audio book? And you think it would be similar to just reading a book, but apparently it takes weeks to actually record one. So I was quite surprised about that because you can sit down and read a book in probably a couple of days. And you just think it's like reading it out loud, but no, it takes a fair amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I know when I work nights, so I'm allowed to have my headphones on and listen to music. And I was thinking, oh, I'll, I'll download some audiobooks. And I think the the one I was looking at was 12 hours long, was the actual recording. And it was like, Jesus. But then it, I guess if you think, reading a really thick book, then that will take a fair amount of time. So I can now understand why so much detail gets cut from the books compared to the movies, because you only get two hours in a movie. Mm. And if the books cite 12 hours just to read, then you, you, you're losing 10 hours worth of content, which is a lot. But I mean, the audiobooks, I think they were about £25 to buy as well, so they're a lot more expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, did you actually get as far as to see what sort of prices they were quoting are? Because I am quite curious. Um, various different pricing. I think it was some... There's the option uh, of shared profits, so you just basically get somebody who do the audiobook and then you and them split the profits. Um, for people, when they want to go, you pay in them, it can be anything from about £50 up to about... £350. So going on the, what you were quote, quoted with the voiceovers, that sounds really cheap now, thinking of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually quite shocked how reasonable that, that actually is. Because, as you say, I mean, if it's 300 pages to sit and read, they won't just be sat and just read it through once. They'd have to... You know, it'd have to be perfect. They couldn't stammer yeah. or mutter over a certain word they'd have to go back through and back through and back through just to get the perfect sort of take mm. but one thing that I will mention because um, we contacted the guy 
the again the only book I've ever sort of read, Chris Miles. We contacted him to voice a character, and his PR agent person basically said it's seven thousand pound up front before he even talks to you, which. You know, so you have to give him seven grand before he'll, he'll even discuss what it is that you're doing, and then he he has the right to refuse. But you still have to give him seven grand. And then when we were doing the sixty-hour webcast live, it was all going to Gamesaid, like a charity, everything that we raised, and we contacted him again, and the email was just like, "Oh yeah, I'll have a chat with Chris. See if he'll come on." But remember, there's the seven thousand pound upfront fee. It was like it's for charity. It's like does it matter? Like, oh, that's nice. So I guess when you get to the so-called stardom status, you can charge whatever you want. And I guess it is a big name to stick on the front of something. But it's very expensive when you come down to that. Yeah. So well, well, one of the oh sorry one of the guys who was doing the audio box they had a list of people you could approach for the audio box and one of them was um, Patrick Trenton the second doctor's yep doctor's son and he was quite reasonably priced to actually do the audio box so I thought oh would I approach him but I, I know he is very busy but he was actually on there which I was I was quite impressed the idea of having. Uh, one of the doctor's sons reading reading a book because my son's a massive Doctor Who fan. We've got a, a room full of Doctor Who stuff. I think the doc, don't the film it in Swansea or that yes, kind of area yes, now. Yeah. Yes. Do we always, when we watch it, we're always picking out different different areas. When it was under um was it Russell the, the um the old writer, he was, it was a lot more places we could recognise in Swansea. I'm not sure if they're phasing it out a little bit from Swansea and Cardiff now, although we still recognise quite a few places there. But yeah, I think that's quite funny because, especially when it first came back with, I can't even remember the names, but the very first one with the Mancunian Doctor and Rose, uh, Billy Piper and I can't remember what his name is, but, Christopher Eccleston. Yes, with Christopher Eccleston. They were supposed to be on the streets of London and they'd have bits and bobs shot of like the, from like London perspective. And then all the filming was done in like Cardiff or Swansea. And, which, for me, because I've never really been to London, that's perfect because it's like a city. It all looks the same. But for people like yourself, it's like, I know that street, I know that place, I know that... You know, it's like, that's nowhere near London. But I guess it's cheaper to film there than it is in London. They keep locations very secret. We never know there's any filming going on around here until we actually see it. Afterwards, they say, oh, yeah, there's filming going on in Swansea. So, Cause, I mean, I, I actually really enjoyed Torchwood as well. I think that was more... They actually said it was, like, Cardiff or... They actually, you know... Yes. So they could actually be more open with when they were filming stuff and on the show itself where they didn't have to sort of say, it's London really, you know, but 
Yeah, yeah, because the entrance to the torch was placed was outside the Millennium Center. So yeah, I remember. Yeah, they were very open about Cardiff. Yeah. So, I guess, do you watch a lot of sci-fi stuff? Because I guess that'd actually get a lot of ideas going. Yeah, not Doctor Who. I've watched Doctor Who all over the years, all the different Doctors. Um, Star Trek. I like Voyager, though. I like Voyager best, and I think not many people... That's that's not trendy, is it, to like the Voyager series of Star Trek the best? So, uh... I mean, like, my favourite series was Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I never really watched that. I, I've saw the few episodes of them, but I never really... I really enjoyed that. I think it's because when it first started off, it was like they were peacekeepers and trying to keep order. And then by the fifth or sixth season, there was the another alien race was going to come in and wipe out the whole of the Alpha Quadrant or whatever. So it went completely different. It went more to like a war sort of series. And it was just following those same set of characters through the evolution of their sort of character and it was unlike the like Star Trek Next Generation where it was the same people just going to different planets each week it, it it you know it just completely changed the whole arc of the series and for me that it just had more in-depth you know in the actual show itself but as you say a lot of people Deep Space Nine a lot of people say it's boring and I mean, I liked Voyager. I mean, I even liked Enterprise until the last season. But I'm I'm a I'm a Star Trek fan. You know, I've never been a big Star Wars fan, but I've really I really enjoy Star Trek. So, oh God, the book itself it's available to buy now. Yes, and you can find that on. Um, if you want to just give people some details, like emails and website addresses and things to search for on Amazon. Um, yeah, on Amazon, it's just The Power Vested in Me and by E.J. King. And then it just, that'll just search that, it'll come up. The website then then is www.thepowervestedinme.com, uh, all one word. And... Uh, if you go into the website then it says all the contact details to get through to me right so it's been a pleasure chatting with you it's been something a little bit different i mean we've had one other author on before and we've even had a couple of movie stars on before but it's getting a bit more right that's why i've branching out and doing a talk based podcast because a lot of the stuff that we're talking to and the people we're talking to, it doesn't fit in with the games that we normally sort of like talk about. So I just thought we'd just incorporate, because I normally get like three or four interviews a week to sort of chat to. And I normally have to turn people down because I only have so much time that I can do all this and then I've got to have another hour or two editing it all together and doing all the bits and bobs and but yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and let me speak to you hopefully book two and book three will completely flow out of you and you won't have any problems with writer's block or anything like that (laughs) 
Okay, thank you. Not a problem. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks very much. Bye now. Bye.